you know, a lot of initiatives happening, but if you look at the underlying data that is required to make all this happen, it is the real-time visibility, right? Real-time visibility on where your products are, whether they're, you know, on a truck or a train or a plane or a ship, uh, visibility on where your products are, right, in a warehouse, uh, what is the inventory sitting in every warehouse, visibility into, you know, where the demand is coming from, right? So I think the underlying, you know, <clears throat> data that companies are looking for is better visibility to drive a lot of these initiatives to really reduce the cost, if you will, uh, to deal with the new normal. You're listening to Transform Talks, the podcast about global supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, a fast-growing network of over 130,000 supply chain and manufacturing executives worldwide. Now on this show, I'm going to be interviewing and having conversations with some of the biggest names in supply chain and business, where we're going to be discussing topics around digitization, transformation, leadership, technology, business models, diversity, sustainability, and much, much more. Welcome back to Transform Talks. On this episode, I'm joined by Matthew Joseph Ellingical and Mark Boiler from Forkites, the world's leading supply chain intelligence platform. Founded in 2014, Forkites delivers real-time visibility and execution for over 1,200 companies and third-party logistics firms across 200 countries. Using a patented artificial intelligence to calculate shipment arrival times, Forkites enables customers to lower operating costs, improve on-time performance, and strengthen end-customer relationships. Supply chain visibility is such a significant but oftentimes overlooked aspect of supply chain management, which is strange when you consider the fact that we're living in a world affected by geopolitical issues, labor shortages, and fluctuating levels of supply. You'd think that visibility would be at the forefront of everyone's mind. It's for this reason that I wanted to get both Matt and Mark on the show. I was hoping that they would be able to explain the importance of supply chain visibility on how it can positively impact businesses. During this episode, Matt, Mark, and I discussed the trends in the European supply chain industry, the specific challenges that European supply chain leaders are facing at the moment, and the innovations we can expect to see in the supply chain in the next 12 to 18 months. I hope you enjoy. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Transform Talks podcast. I'm uh, looking forward to having a chat with both of you. So I hope you're not uh, too nervous about all the questions I'm going to be asking you, because I've got quite a number of questions on my plate that... Uh, I want to start with, but I, I want to start with something really general, right? You know, let, let, let's talk, let's set the scene for the supply chain industry. It, what do you think, you know, given that you see so many different companies, you see so many different things, what do you think is the number one trend in the European supply chain industry today? Uh, Mark, you want to take that one or Matt? Yeah, I can take that for sure. So the number one trend that we see uh, in the European supply chain, uh, it is all, of, all around you know, operational efficiency, right? Supply chain operational efficiency. And there are a few reasons why, you know, why we are seeing that, right? So first of all, I think you know, we all know the war in uh, Ukraine, you know, that created significant disruptions in supply chain. And that was you know, followed by increase in the fuel or energy cost right, uh, across Europe. And then came the inflation uh, because of all the uh, central bank right, um, 
intervention on the interest rates. So all those things came together and really put tremendous focus on organizations to really make operations more efficient and supply chains more efficient, whether it is starting over with demand planning, right to supply planning, uh, better inventory management and logistics. That focus on efficiency, I think that is the number one trend that we are seeing because of all the you know the macro trends that I just uh, explained before. Mark, what do you think? What do you agree or? Yeah, no, I agree. I can only piggyback on what Matthew just told um, to add something to it. It's the efficiency creating part, but also protecting your supply chain, right? Because if you take time a little bit back, it already started when COVID hit it. And when the Suez Canal got blocked and when due to COVID, the airplanes were on the floor, uh, sorry, on the ground and were not traveling from China to Europe or the US anymore. All those disruptancies created such an urgency for companies and a reality check that they really saw how blind they were and how their and, and how their supply chain was operating without having the right visible motives and touch points to be alerted when something would happen. So people also received the learning curve the hard way. And then of course you always have that snowball effect that companies wants to change in a rapid manner. Right, then it needs to be changed yesterday compared to today. Well, that, that kind of leads me to my next question, which is, you know, we can't talk about the, uh, I guess, industry trends, and you've alluded to this, both of you, but the biggest concerns that people have right now. Uh, and I think I want to couple that with sort of a little bit of future looking too, you know, because the world of complexity isn't, isn't going away. Uh, this isn't something that we're going to be going back to that normality that we had prior to COVID. So what's the biggest concern that supply chain leaders are facing today? Yeah, I think definitely rising costs, right? That is the number one concern that that every supply chain leaders are trying to grapple with. Uh, and the rising costs, right, because of many reasons. I think inflation is a big part of it. Uh, labor costs are another big part of it, right? The labor shortages. So I think if I have to summarize, you know, into one, one uh, thing, it will be the rising cost across the board uh, that people are trying to get a hold, uh, get a handle on. Yeah, that's the, the rising cost is the global scale, right? It's the, the main pillar where you then can add sub categories underneath rising cost. How do you how do you work against it? Uh, on shelf availability, right? For example, the the worse your on shelf availability is, the higher your cost factor is. Um, the more stock you need to have on place where it is not needed. Do you have the right products on stock? When are the raw materials are moving? And I think there you already see the trend slowly creating is in the old days, it was the dot on the map. It was just seeing where your truck is. And right now, and Matthew can confirm this, the request that we literally get as a company, their companies, the trend is they want to manage their supply chain, meaning what is happening from creating the goods to delivering it to the end customer and all the steps in between. Well, that, that, that was exactly what, you took the words right out of my mouth. What I was gonna say is, if anything that COVID taught us and all of the things that you've mentioned, whether it was the Suez Canal or the war in Ukraine, um, it's visibility, isn't it? It's, it's trying to gain some semblance of control over the supply chain to be able to adapt quickly. And you only know what you know, right? And if you don't know, 
you're deep down into your supply chain at every level, then you're exposed to risk, which is what you were you were just saying. So do you think that that's just like across the board a huge worry for everybody is is how do I gain visibility from one end of my supply chain to the next? Yeah, I think that's right, Maria. So, you know, I think visibility, we view that as an enabler, right? It is not the answer, the final answer to, right, uh, the solutions that people are looking for. But it is a key or critical enabler for all the different things that companies are wanting to do uh, to fight, right, the inflation or rising cost, if you will. For example, right, companies that we are talking to, uh, they are focused on optimizing the transportation networks, right, because there's a significant disruption in uh, the transportation networks because of the new normal, if you will. So how do you optimize the transportation network based on you know, the most recent uh, events? Companies are talking about you know, moving their warehousing right closer to the transportation hubs and in markets because you know, of the energy crisis. They're trying to see how we can reduce the transportation spend, right? So maybe you know, looking at the network and moving their warehouses closer, right, to the plants and everything else. That's another thing that we are uh, we are seeing, right? Uh, moving to, you know, renewable energy, right, because of the, again, energy consumption and all the energy crisis. You know, looking at how can we optimize the last mile, right, delivery network. So I think, you know, a lot of initiatives happening, but if you look at the underlying data that is required to make all this happen, it is the real-time visibility, right? Real-time visibility on where your products are, whether they're you know, on a truck or a train or a plane or a ship, uh, visibility on where your products are, right, in a warehouse, uh, what is the inventory sitting in every warehouse, visibility into you know, where the demand is coming from, right? So I think the underlying you know, <clears throat> data that companies are looking for is better visibility to drive a lot of these initiatives to really reduce the cost, if you will, uh, to deal with the new normal. So visibility is a bit of a holy grail, isn't it? It's this thing that we've been talking about since time immemorial in the supply chain industry. Why is it so hard to achieve? What are some of the common mistakes people make when trying to implement visibility? Uh, Mark, you're smiling for those of you that are not, you know, can, are listening and can't see Mark's face. He's smiling because he must know. Do you know the answer? Because if you, if you do, then, you know, you, that's it. Solve it for us. Take Europe, it's shifted. The western part mostly owns the goods, and the eastern parts mostly owns the assets, the trucks. So you already need to connect, and there comes the challenge. We need to connect 15 countries with 15 languages, with also different levels of technology acceptance over the globe. And then I mean the European globe, right? So. That's a major challenge, and now the biggest challenge comes is the is the state of mind we are in as people. So we as people are used to uh, use on our daily basis certain luxury experiences, such like Netflix, right? When I was younger, I needed to go to a video shop and rent a DVD. Uh, but now you press on a button, you can watch a movie. If you want to buy something, you go to Amazon. You can buy it, send it back for free, and you can even track that parcel. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. The, the human you know, element here is that we have become spoiled. We have become spoiled and are expecting uh, service now and visibility now. Uh, I know I'm a shopper. You know, I love when I shop at, you know, at retail stores and I can see where my goods are. You know, I, I love that sort of stuff. So I can imagine you know, that's also a big concern. But 
you know, you're right to point out the fact that we're dealing here in Europe with multiple languages, multiple regional issues, multiple geopolitical issues, regulatory issues. I want to throw something else in here, which is a question around sustainability, because that is also a driver that is very, very important for most organizations, uh, for all organizations, really. You know, so I guess maybe start with a general question about sustainability. You know, when it comes to it, what is the number one thing that smart European supply chain leaders need to be doing right now to ensure that they get business success with regards to sustainability? So not a single, you know, business discussion or RFP goes without, you know, us having to address the sustainability question, right? What are we as a company doing about sustainability or what are, you know, what is our, you know, our view on where the market is going when it comes to sustainability? So the number one, you know, thing that we often advise our clients is, you know, to make an impact on sustainability, first of all, you have to have a baseline on where you stand, right? You have to measure uh, your current footprint, whether it is scope one or scope two or scope three, right? Uh, as to what is your current footprint and the baseline so you can make improvements, right, based on where you stand right now. Now, uh, that can mean, you know, different things for different, different companies. But at the minimum, when it comes to transportation, you know, we are advising clients to really look at, okay, what is the overall, you know, emissions footprint, whether it is based on, you know, the, the number of vendors that you use, right, on the trucking side or, or you know, rail side, the fuel consumption, right, uh, the fuel type, uh, truck type, right, because the age of the truck has a significant impact on the emissions um, level. Uh, distance travel, right? Again, going back to my point on where do you place your warehouses, right? Can you reduce the overall distance travel? You know, driving behavior, right? Idle time, uh, driving characteristics and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things that companies can start uh, to collect from their vendors uh, because of the advancements in technology. For example, every new truck that is coming out of the, you know, the assembly line, uh, it's a... It, we call it smart trucks, right? It has a lot of intelligence built into it, right? Whether it is truck telematics or the OEM engine diagnostics data. So the question is, as a you know shipper or as a customer, how can you get access to all this data to really create a baseline of where you stand? And once you know the baseline, then you can have meaningful conversations with your vendors, right? This is what I'm getting, you know, this is the, uh, the carbon footprint of, you know, when I'm using your trucks, can you, you know, help us make it better, right? Maybe by upgrading the trucks, maybe by using a different fuel type, or sometimes even changing the mode of transportation. Can you move from truck to train? So those are the meaningful conversations that customers can have with their vendors to reduce the footprint. So to answer your question at a high level, uh, we see this all the time. Uh, in fact, we cannot be in business without having a, you know, solution to address some of these things. And there's a lot of partnerships that are, you know, that are in the works with OEMs to really collect the data and make that data available to different parties to really have those meaningful conversations. Those are all the things that we are seeing in the market when it comes to sustainability. And, and with regards to all of the major challenges, going back to Mark's point, you know, all the major issues that, he, that we've got, how difficult is it to, you know, implement visibility or try to pursue visibility whilst at the same time to drive sustainability initiatives. You know, I mean, it, it, it seems like it's such a very difficult endeavor for most organizations, right, to, to operationalize 
the idea of sustainability as well as trying to get control over uh, visibility. You know what I mean? No, you're right. I think, you know, Mark mentioned a lot of great points as to why visibility remains a holy grail, right, of all the, you know, all the challenges within Europe. Uh, one thing, if I may add, you know, that is, a that is adding to the complexity is uh, the industry structure, right? You know, the highly fragmented nature of the, the transportation companies. Uh, there are, you know, so many transportation trucking companies in Europe, right? I think, Mark, last time I heard it is, you know, more than half a million trucking companies and a lot of small companies, right, with less than six trucks or seven trucks. So, um, if I'm a shipper, there is no way I can get my products to the right place at the right time without tapping into this fragmented market. So how do you meet your business needs while at the same time getting visibility, right, from these parties and at the same time, you know, achieving your sustainability goals? That's... <laughs> That's difficult to achieve, right? I mean, you, you know, previously it used to be, you know, you select a transportation vendor based on cost and performance, right? Uh, is it the low-cost carrier or, you know, at least maybe not the cheapest, but at least low-cost carrier, and are they delivering on time? Now we are adding a third equation to that, you know, to that picture, you know, cost, on time, and sustainability. Yeah, ESG, you know, everything related to, to ESG is, is, is a big is a big thing, absolutely. So. What is that going to mean for organizations? Do you think that that's something that COVID and like everything that came together, COVID, Ukraine, uh, climate change, has that been something that has actually helped us, fast-tracked us to try to deliver more goals, to gain that visibility? Data aggregators in general, they thrive on the fact that um, they are mostly recession-driven. That's how I always explain it. Why? Because companies have, has, have now an urgency to change their methods that they practice for 10, 20, maybe 30 years ago, right? Something abrupt happened, something that was not expected, and now the, the change factor, which is always quite a tough one for every person to manage, has been forced. So you are forced to do something different than what you are used to. And that's where companies like us have a, a value is a, is, is a weird word, but that's where we come to life. I think that's the best explanation. And to come back to the points before, if you mention the challenges you see in the European market uh, working towards the Holy Grail, what we experience or what we see is when we speak, for example, with blue chip shipper customers, the moment we start implementing a visibility solution and contacting their carrier network, that's the moment they start realizing how their relationship with their logistic landscape really is. You have to believe in it, right? And you have to have the right mindset to it because it's a change management for sure. Uh, but the good news is, you know, this is the right time to push and make those changes because of two reasons. One, uh, demand is softening, right? So you're getting some relief on the on-time delivery, that aspect, because the demand is softening, that is number one. And the second reason why this is the best time is because there is excess capacity in the market from a transportation standpoint. So uh, trucking companies are more willing to work with shippers 
to share this data previously right it was a uh, you know a capacity crunch so uh, people were more worried about getting products right moved but that's not the case there's excess capacity right now so I think this is the best time for shippers or customers to have those meaningful conversations with the transportation vendors because of the softening demand and uh, the transportation, right? The landscape has changed in the last, you know, six to eight months. Okay, let's turn to the future in the minutes that we've got left. What does the European marketplace and supply chain visibility look like in the next year, two years? What What's ahead? Yeah, so... In terms of you know what uh, companies can you know uh, companies are looking forward to right from a visibility standpoint in the next few years, clearly it's all about driving business value, right? Because when you think about visibility, even though Maria, like you said, it's been a topic for a long time, the the concept of real time visibility is still relatively new, right? In the next, it started in the last five to six years. But I would say you know companies spend significant amount of time really getting the, the baseline data uh, about visibility, right? Onboarding the carriers and stuff like that. But now over the next few years, what companies are really looking forward is, you know, to drive business value from all the investments that they have made into visibility. So it's one thing to get the data. It's another thing to really use that data to, uh, you know, to drive change management and drive results, right? Otherwise it's just another data point. So companies are looking at, you know, how do you uh, make their teams, uh, how do they make their teams more proactive, right, rather than reactive? How do they use the visibility data uh, into planning and execution? You know, how do they uh, trim down the number of, you know, offerings, right, or maybe the transportation network, uh, the complexity of the transportation network, if, if, they, if you will. So these are all the things that companies are looking for. And uh, we are seeing some early signs, right, of customers really uh, driving significant value from these initiatives. For example, you know, we have seen examples of companies where the on-time rate, right, the delivery rate went up from, you know, mid-70s to close to high-90s, right? And when you uh, deliver consistently on time, uh, you're getting more business from your customers. So that is one example. Uh, reducing, you know, uh, labor uh, charges, right, because you can be more proactive uh, as to when to schedule the labor based on when the trucks are going to show up at your facilities. Uh, reducing the safety stock, right, because you don't have to have excess inventory because you're reducing the uncertainty in the transportation network. So I think the next few years are all going to be about driving business value from the visibility data. And that requires, right, change management, and that requires uh, vision and leadership right from organizations to really drive those changes exactly the same as matthew said but summarized in literally a couple of words we started with real-time visibility and we should replace it with supply chain visibility matthew is using this a lot of his presentations real-time visibility is not the core anymore everything matthew just said it's all supply chain visibility so the data, which the investment, which companies did, now they want to transfer that to their full supply chain from a raw material coming in to the warehouse productivity, knowing where trucks are standing to dispatch the other distribution centers, their full supply chain needs to be empowered from that visibility data. 
and also a thing that I already used, the data aggregation that we already pre-built it for them, providing real-time visibility. Having all those carriers connected and sharing that data with you, you can already connect dots that you can empower much more different locations inside your supply chain. And that is the future. It's not real-time visibility, it's supply chain visibility, which will be the future. And to tie it back to what Matt was saying, supply chain is business. So really, it is just the business value, you know, that, that is going to need to be discussed. Um, before I go, so I want to ask the question that I ask everyone as my final question on the podcast, and that is uh, related to a book, which is uh, what book would you say has had the biggest impact on your life, whether from a personal or a professional standpoint, and why? Uh, there's a lot of books, you know, that, that I read, but if I, if you ask me the one that had the most impact, I would say it is, you know, Crossing the Chasm by, you know, Jeffrey Moore. You know, there are business books that you read, you know, that, you know, you just read and try to, try to understand what they're saying, right, and, and then you just forget about it. And there are books that you read where you can really apply, right, those principles uh, in your, you know, in your day-to-day lives or, you know, in the process of building a business. So I think Crossing the Chasm is one that, you know, that um, I personally experienced. I read the book, I forgot about it, but then I experienced those things while building the business. And I'm like, wow, you know, this is exactly what the author was talking about in the book and really helped, you know, apply some principles, if you will. Um, so, uh, so yeah, again, uh, it's all about the customer life cycle, right? When you're starting a business, you have the early adopters, early majority, and, you know, then the late adopters of a product and how the market, uh, changes, if you will, or how the market perception changes, if you will, as you go through that journey and how you need to adjust your business. Uh, so I thought, you know, it's a great business book. It's a classic, um, um, book when it comes to building a business and and have some very practical advice on how to navigate those things. Sounds so cliche, but I have the biography of Steve Jobs, which is for me still a thing uh, for one single reason. Uh, If you can make a product that we use already day in, day out, and you can reinvent something and make it a hype, like a text message and making a phone call, that's for me still something that in business we are missing and that um, for me is really inspiring because we are only looking forward. Everything we discussed in this call was what is future. Uh, It's all heavy tech reliable. While we sometimes also need to think back of where we are standing today and how can we use what we have to make our process better from that starting point. On that note, I want to thank both of you for being here. I want to thank you for sharing your insights and for uh, talking so openly about uh, what's going on in the world of supply chain. Thanks for being on Transform Talks. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I do hope you gained some valuable insight from this week's episode. To stay up to date with the latest developments, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at Transform Talks. Also, if you don't already follow me on LinkedIn, please do so now. I'm always keen to connect with supply chain and business leaders from around the world. You can find me by searching for Maria P. Villablanca. And if you're lucky, I may let you know what the P in my name stands for. In the meantime, wishing you a great week ahead. And as always, for those of you listening, I'll catch you at the next one.